going into this, I was like, oh, poor Gypsy Rose. Truly. Like I, I have always felt and that way. I'm and then kinda, this time I'm kind of like, I'm eh. like, eh. me too. Yeah. Same. I mean, she's still a victim for mm-hmm. sure, but like, she's also definitely gotten her mom's manipulation down. Literally. I mean, growing up how she did, it makes sense, but totally yeah. makes sense. Oh. But innocent for sure. Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou fluid. shalt kill all of your hands. And a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble but you can pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We have Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hi. All right. You asked for her. We're giving her to you. Tonight, we are covering... The murder of Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy Rose. Gypsy. Gypsy Rose. Blanchard dancing. Okay, the Gypsy Rose song at the end of Mommy Dead and Dearest. (laughs) Oh, God. I know. Wow. And listening to the lyrics and being like, hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So we were saying before we started that we all had opinions about Gypsy going into this because obviously this is a very famous case and pretty much everyone has an opinion about Gypsy. And most of us were like, you know, poor Gypsy Rose, you know, what a tough, what a tough life. And while we still believe that, we're all kind of going, hmm. Oh, real quick. Can I I show you my shirt? Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is actually super important. This is more important than the case. Than <laughs> so, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. So Carly is wearing a straight up evil t-shirt right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everyone. It's here. Here we go. You can get it on a mug. You can get it on a tote bag. You can get it on a t-shirt. You can get it on a tank top. You could get it on a sticker, a magnet. You can get it tattooed on your want. face. We don't have it in temporary tattoos yet, but that is definitely the next step. Definitely, yes. So go to, please visit our website, straightupevilpodcast.com and click on the merch tab and you can get yourself your very own straight up evil t-shirt. There are currently two iterations with more coming. uh, Thanks to Carly's talented husband, Mike Lake. Thank you very much, Mike Lake. They're going to sell out fast in t-shirts. Get you one, but get them before they're gone. Get them while supplies last high demand for these things all right ladies and gentlemen the story of gypsy rose blanchard and her lion ass mom her lion ass mom. her name lion-ass. her name is Dee, Dee blanchard gypsy is the daughter of rod blanchard and Dee, Dee blanchard on july 27th of 1991 she's a leo she's a fire sign makes sense she suffered a pretty a pretty rough little life uh with a lot of psychological abuse and a lot of um like just child abuse in general okay let's get into Dee Dee a little bit let's find out a little bit about Dee Dee 
Oh, so mind blowing to me. So she's actually, her full name is Claudine. She was born Claudine P Petra in Chackery, Louisiana, May 3rd, 1967. She had four siblings. So there was five kids altogether to Emma and Claude Petra. Okay, ah, so Claude, so Claude Claudine. Claudine. Get it? Got it. So like when she was really little, her and her father apparently were pretty close, but her and her mother had issues and she didn't really get along with her family as she grew up. Um, relatives would like later say that she had a very retaliatory nature um, from a very young age. She was just like retaliate at any little thing and always felt attacked. She would steal from family members when things didn't go her way. Just sticky hands, like whatever she had to do. So the issues with the mom started right away, Emma. Um, she, Emma was very controlling. She was very belittling to Dee Dee, overbearing. I'm assuming she was this way to her other four children, but I haven't really heard as much. I just know it was definitely bad for, for Dee Dee. Mm. Um, Emma also had like really strange rules about food and would like hover over Dee Dee all the time. Like, I don't know exactly what those strange rules were, but anything like restricting food or like making her eat certain things or not eat certain things, like it's not a great way so to weird. do that to parents. Oh my you God. Like, it's I not have good. been recently, I recently discovered my 600 pound life. Oh, I, wow. I mean, I just, I just like, just when last week after oral surgery, I was like laying on the couch and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. I now. used to watch it all the time. Completely obsessed ever since. Well, I was watching thousand pound sisters and I didn't <gasps> Ooh, know. I haven't watched that one yet. Oh my God. It's so good. You got to okay. watch it. Um, but, they are tough to watch though sometimes yeah. for sure they are but it's like I'm totally invested in these people like changing their lives yes, and like for it's sure. so inspirational when they can do it I'm like sitting yes. here crying watching these people like make good decisions <laughs> but I'm just saying like with food though specifically like this is really a tough this is really tough. Like, all, you know, like with kids, especially like anything around food is just like dangerous. So dangerous. It can really be like a bad, like, um, it's really detrimental to your mental health. Like a lot of the time. Totally. Definitely. So, Takes a toll on your psyche. Right. And it just, you know, when, and then when like it's your parent forcing it upon you in some way, because like a it's lot a of whole time different it's the kids game. taking it upon themselves, you know what I mean? As a way of control, but like when it's the parent doing it, it's a whole another element that just sucks. Yeah. So also like mother, like daughter, Emma was a thief. Uh, she went to court for <laughs> shoplifting, stealing people's clothes at laundromats, like. Oh, stealing clothes great. from the laundromat. Like Why? gross i need to know like was she stealing them straight out of the washer like was she just like you would have staring right or, like she waiting for them to be like fluffed and dried and folded and then just like taking them off you know i don't know so um dd after she graduated high school she became a nurse's aide for a short time let's remember this because it will come back around later hmm. 1991 um she's 24 years old she began dating rod we met earlier he was 17 at the time they met at a bowling alley and they hit it off <laughs> that was it shortly after they began dating Dee, Dee got pregnant 
So they got married. Even when like Rod was only 17, they got married. Um, but they separated right before the birth. Mm-hmm. She was born in July, 1991. They named her Gypsy Rose because Dee Dee loved the name Gypsy and Rod loved Guns N' Roses. So they just wow together. That's an well, amazing. That's amazing. It is. So, you know, Rod, they had separated because Rod had realized like they got married for the wrong reasons. Like they essentially really only got married because Dee Dee got pregnant. Mm. So they actually officially got divorced after Gypsy was born. Um, Rod would try to be a part of Gypsy Rose's life like during her first year, but Dee Dee didn't really want him around. Um, so he would end up just kind of like backing off and he would pay $1,200 a month in child support throughout Gypsy's life. He would see her eventually like here and there like meet at McDonald's and like have a play date here and there, but like he really wasn't like a constant in her life whatsoever. So after they got divorced and Dee Dee had Gypsy, Dee Dee moved back in with her family so she could take care of Gypsy full time. So I'm assuming this is where like all the health issues are coming into play. Mm. So fast forward a little bit, 1997, Emma, Dee Dee's mother fell ill and Dee Dee took care of her. Took care of her. Mm-hmm. okay so the family actually speculated that Dee, Dee starved emma to death when she was bedridden and would neglect her she would leave her dirty in the bed she would keep food from her like that those food the food rules coming back around yep okay not good yes the ptsd mm-hmm. of it. not for great. sure for and sure she, so eventually emma emma passed away so like her own family thinks that she had something to do with her mother's death. So that's not great. No. We're really okay, no, it isn't. Good. And also talking about my favorite thing to say, red flags. Okay. Because like literally it's, it really freaks me out because if you're harming a baby or like the elderly, okay. Like if you're your own mother, your own daughter, an older person or like a child, you're like an extra kind of sick. Yeah. So as if that wasn't bad enough, things were also terrible in the house with Claude and his new wife, Laura, because um, Dee Dee was living with them. During this time, Dee Dee would write a lot of bad checks all around where they were living. Um, she did some other petty crime. She would get in trouble with the law a little bit here and there. She's still stealing from family members as well. So let's not forget that. I- I'm sorry. Are we talking about Dee Dee Blanchard or Casey fucking Anthony? Honestly. Seriously. Because like, it is like, this is a fucking Casey (laughs) Anthony fucking story. For real. It really is. Very similar. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just none of it's good. She possibly killed her mom. Okay. She's doing some petty crime. At this point, she is also putting weed killer in her stepmother's food. Okay, because Dee Dee would cook, all right? Everyone else is fine. Laura, the set mom, not feeling so hot. So she would literally get so bad that she would have to stay in bed for like a total of nine months. But whenever Dee Dee wasn't around, Laura felt great. I can't, I, that's terrifying. It's terrifying. Okay. So at this time, they're also, the family's starting to ask questions about her behavior and gypsy Cause they're like, this doesn't, none of this really makes any sense. Like, are you sure she's that sick? Like, are you sure this is what's going on? So Dee Dee doesn't like that. So she just takes Gypsy Rose and leaves. She moves out, moves away. Uh, 
surprise, surprise, her stepmom, Laura, makes a full recovery when she has <laughs> moved out. <laughs> of course. Uh, you know it. Like, not a big deal. Okay. So at this point, as we all know now, because we know the story, but in case anyone else doesn't have any idea, Gypsy, her quote unquote illnesses aren't really illnesses. And really what's happening, shocker, what is that DD pretty much, it has Munchausen's by proxy. So let's get into that a little bit. What is that? which is um, also known as factitious disorder, named for Baron Freer von Munchausen, okay? The Baron of Lies from the 18th century. He was a cavalry officer that was known for exaggerating life stories. So he became famous after like all his tall tales were published and he would just lie and exaggerate everything. So the syndrome, Munchausen syndrome, is a mental disorder where people repeatedly feign severe illness so as to obtain hospital treatment. Munchausen by proxy, which is what Dee Dee suffered from, is when a parent or a carer, which is most often a kid's biological mother, exaggerates or deliberately causes symptoms of illness in the child. So usually this is for attention and sympathy, uh, but sometimes it's for financial gain, like disability benefits. Um, actually, Munchausen by proxy is pretty rare. Only like 1% of people like meet the criteria for being diagnosed with this. Um, and a large number of the moms that are involved with Munchausen by proxy have normally have like borderline personality disorders. They have like emotional instability, impulsiveness, disturbed thinking. And sometimes they have like a drug or alcohol um, problem, but it's usually not even it's not needed. It's usually mostly just like a mental health issue. Mm. Right. Um, it's really difficult to diagnose and very difficult to treat, which is kind of why this whole story ends up happening. Okay. So with Dee Dee, <laughs> with poor Gypsy Rose, she's saying that she has sleep apnea. She's saying she has all these issues, right? But when she brings her to the doctors, normally Gypsy's medical tests really don't show anything. They're all inconclusive or they show mm -hmm. nothing. Um, so Dee Dee would just stop seeing those doctors who would question anything. And she would just go on to the next, just try somebody else. So um, many clinicians went along with Dee Dee, even though like nothing is coming up in the testing because Dee Dee had some nurses training. Remember we talked about that? She was mm -hmm. a nurse's aide for a quick minute and it's ruined everybody's life. So, <laughs> exactly. So because she has this training, she can accurately describe symptoms, okay? And she's a master manipulator. So because she has like just a tiny bit of medical knowledge, she's able to convince all these doctors that Gypsy is sick. And she's also giving Gypsy medication that are causing the quote unquote symptoms that she is supposed to naturally have had. Okay. But it still doesn't. It's almost like, it's almost like because you can, like, it's almost like because she has convinced herself that those are the things it's, it makes you that much more believable and convincing because you have convinced yourself essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You You're know, yeah, it's yeah. like, she actually believed in her own mind that Gypsy really had all of these ailments and, mm -hmm. and look at what happened. 
or she did it and she was just absolutely twisted and didn't care. <laughs> she yeah. just wanted the attention. Mm. It's just bad. It's all, it's all bad. So she's giving her the, the, you know, medications to mimic certain symptoms or illnesses that she's supposed to have had. Once Gypsy is old enough to talk, Dee Dee like just tells her, don't talk to the doctors. I'll tell them what's going on. I'll give them your medical history. Don't volunteer any information, nothing. In the meantime, Dee Dee is telling Rod that Gypsy is sick and has convinced him. So he's not around enough to really know any different. He's convinced that she is sick. He's like, wow, it's really weird that she has all these, you know, these illnesses and syndromes, like what is going on? Dee Dee explains to Rod that allegedly Gypsy has a chromosomal disorder that has led to her having all these many health issues at once. And so Rod, thinking this is true, literally compliments Dee Dee on how devoted of a mother she is and she just cares so much. and She's doing such a great job. So everyone take a minute, vomit, and let's go back because disgusting. Like how dare you? Thus thus exactly there's you know, the master the manipulation has no idea you know regardless i gotta say though rod was an absent father like, i mean he was he was he was like, an absent father regardless he was and granted like i said in the beginning he did try to be in gypsy's life when she was first born but Dee didn't want him around but like you could have taken her into the court you could have you know, force the issue and maybe it could have been a little different, you know? Right. I mean, granted, sure. he was only 18. Yeah, so, there were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Full disclosure, I kind of love Rod. <laughs> I do. I, ca- I kind of love, like, yeah, I kind of- Yeah, he grew on me. In, I kind of yeah. feel like, and in the end, mm-hmm. he has been the parent that she has always yeah. deserved, but was not allowed right. to, like, but for circumstances, him being young, the mom right. basically, Dee Dee basically telling Gypsy, like, your father doesn't love you. You know that, right? Like, yeah. it's just basically I'm poisoning away, the well. Really. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dee Dee no, was agree. the master behind keeping him out of her life that way. 100%. Like, yes, he was an absent father, but she was the manipulation right. in that. For and sure. he paid child support religiously. So, like, at the very least, he was providing for his daughter the best way he could at the time you know right for his daughter that he knew ha- apparently had health issues he right. was at least providing her with right financial right. Dee's family had noticed like i said that gypsy didn't really need a wheelchair because at this point they're saying that gypsy can't walk due to muscular dystrophy okay but that's not the case <laughs> so and she like i said she just moved away like she just does this with the doctors, their family, anyone questions her about anything and doesn't take her for full face value. She just pieces out. So in the meantime, Dee, Dee also claimed that they were victims of Hurricane Katrina that happened in New Orleans and they got assistance to move from Louisiana to Missouri in 2005. And when she was seeing new doctors for Gypsy's numerous issues, they could use the hurricane as an excuse for the missing medical files. So it just adds to like her lies. She can say whatever she wanted. So the Munchausen by proxy issue, right? She's seeing all these doctors and no one's doing anything. But somebody happened to notice one doctor, Dr. Bernardo Flasterstein was like, this doesn't really add up. She's Gypsy apparently has a diagnosis of muscular dystrophy. That's strange. Like her MRIs doesn't 
show any reason for her not to be able to walk. She has great muscular mass, like everything is adding up so that she should be able to walk. So he digs a little bit into Gypsy's medical history. She, he calls around. He had asked Dee Dee for the files and she said they were lost in the hurricane. So he went around her and tried to find something else and found out that the original tests had also been negative. So he made some more calls and he considered reporting the issue to child services, but his colleagues like felt that they wouldn't believe him because everyone else is thinking that this poor family this poor girl has all these issues. She's getting, you know, Make-A-Wish. She's mm-hmm. getting trips to Disney World. She's getting all these things. They're thinking Dee Dee's the most devoted mother in the world. They're like, they're not going to believe you. Look at all these other doctors that haven't done anything. So he doesn't call. He leaves it alone. Like, what if he had just called, you know? God. Yeah, yeah it's awful. So it after all this, he never sees Gypsy again. She never, Dee Dee never brings her back. Fast forward a little bit in 2009, there was an anonymous call to the local police department and they said that Dee Dee was using multiple names and multiple date of birth for herself and for Gypsy and that Gypsy wasn't actually sick. So police did a wellness check. But when they got there, Dee Dee pulled her little manipulation act and told the police that she was using, she admitted to using the names and date of births that were incorrect because she was trying to keep away from her crazy ex-husband so that he couldn't find them. The police just believed oh. her and closed the case. Wow. wow. That's some Lori Vallow level shit right yep. there. Uh-huh. Yep. That is also to me when I read that it came across to me that that is like the first sign that Gypsy was starting to realize that some shit was messed up because Mm. I'm under the impression that I bet is that is around the time when Gypsy probably started talking to like maybe one of her friends or someone online or something that, 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 that they could get reported like that, because that's pretty, I mean, that's a pretty specific claim right Mm -hmm. like that she's like you know doing all these names and saying all these different things and that apparently absolutely nothing is wrong with gypsy so like that's those are major claims to be saying so it's like it seems to me that it's like almost like i wonder if gypsy started talking at that point where she like started to have these feelings Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. kind of So let's talk about Gypsy's quote unquote health problems. Okay. Just a little bit, just to get, (laughs) just to dig into some of what people thought that she had throughout her childhood. So just like we said, right. When she's an infant, Dee Dee starts saying that she has sleep apnea, which I didn't know this, but 20% of the population has sleep apnea. So it's not a, uh, it's not a like uncommon thing for someone to have. Mm -hmm. Right. But in the early nineties saying that your infant has it, it's like breathing machine and heart monitor and all, it means a whole lot of different things. So, um, obviously Rod is like, okay, you know, like whatever she needs, obviously we're going to tend to the needs of, of the kid. So she's on a heart monitor while she sleeps and Dee Dee starts taking her to the pediatrician and saying, look, she's having seizures overnight. Now, start noticing at this point, right? Mm. That the baby is sick when she's asleep. Who's the only person around? Dee Dee. The baby is having seizures. Who's the only person to see her have a seizure? Dee Dee. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she's she's using her her limited medical knowledge to take conditions that other people don't have to bear witness to and report them. Mm-hmm. It's like how some people will um, just complain of chest pain so that they can get a ride in an ambulance. It's just yeah. there's there are some excuses that just get you right in. So if you're saying my my infant is not breathing at night or my infant is having seizures, you they're they're not going to question that at least mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. So um, it's about this time that Dee uh, Dee tells Rod, you know, it's devastating, but Gypsy's not going to live to see her 18th birthday. And Unreal. Rod is devastated by that. And I do think this contributes to why he like pulls back in a way, mm-hmm. because it's obviously got to be super painful mm-hmm. and it's awful. The situation with him and Dee is awful. So like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tells him this. And by the time that Gypsy is five, she is traveling in a wheelchair. And Dee Dee explains that she's unable to walk due to muscular dystrophy, like we said, and epilepsy. And Gypsy now in subsequent interviews, since she has been incarcerated, says, I fully believed that I couldn't walk at that time when I was five. I was Uh, that's what I believed. So I didn't, I just stayed in a wheelchair. Now she, she tests Mm -hmm. those limits eventually, but Didi also told Gypsy that she had cancer. And so that she had leukemia. So she starts shaving Gypsy's head saying, you know, your hair's going to fall out and it's going to look really bad. So we better start just shaving it so that you don't, so that it, you know, to keep it neat and keep it she just, just the way, just the level so, of manipulation, the way that she is like, has just messed with her mind yeah. so badly. Um, it's about this time uh, when Gypsy starts getting multiple surgeries. So she's going in for multiple surgical procedures. So she has multiple surgeries on both of her eyes um, to her own detriment, because even now her eyes are her, her, she clearly has some visual mm-hmm. um issues and there was nothing wrong with oh man it's like it, this is where it starts to get really frustrating well, it's I really do think that they found out later that she did in fact have vision issues right that so was, the, that was truthful in a way i don't right. know the, right. maybe but, not to the extent and, of the right. multiple surgeries right but and there was Right. And because who's to say exactly that that wasn't due to some of the things that she would like all that she was doing to her things that she was giving to her. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, So she has multiple surgeries on her eyes. We don't we don't know how many of those were necessary. She was given a feeding tube in her stomach. She was subject to multiple biopsies. She had her salivary glands removed because Dee Dee complained that she would excessively drool. Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, you know, like we said, chromosomal defects, severe asthma, hysterical blindness, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, family members are saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with gypsy. I don't ever see gypsy act like a sick kid. I don't, you know, and, and eventually Dee just stops seeing the family so that she doesn't have to field these questions. But, um, in the HBO documentary, Rod is like, yeah, somebody told me that I had a family member approach me and say, you know, Gypsy can walk. I don't know what she's doing in that wheelchair. And Rod approached Dee Dee about it. And Dee Dee was like, 
okay, yes, she can walk, but it's very bad for her to walk because of muscular dystrophy. Mm. So she'll stress her muscles, hurt herself and end up being subsequently injured because from walking. So he believed her, man, he believed her. Um, In her teens, Gypsy came to understand what was going on. She could walk. There were many arguments with her mother about, you know, why do I have to be in this chair, whatever. Um, Her mother insisted to her that their livelihood, their shelter, their food, their money was contingent on Gypsy pretending to be sick. So she just laid it out for her. She just told her, you know, you ha- we have to do this because this is how we live. And you can't tell anyone. Unreal. Yeah, I don't dude, know. She does not have a job. She just nope. takes care of her and that's it. Which is, yeah. if she were truly sick, great. Right. Right. Caregivers have rights. Right. Like, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know what I would do. I honestly, I honestly do not know what I would do if my mother came to me and said, we can't eat or live anywhere if you don't pretend to be sick, Jocelyn. Like, it's just layers. It's just layers Layers. of abuse. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. just abuse on top of abuse on top of abuse on top of Mm -hmm. abuse. It's awful. Yeah, it is. Um, And then one day... Gypsy finds her Medicaid card in the house when her mother is out and it lists her birth date as 1991 and Gypsy her entire life has thought that her birth date was in 1995. So that day she found out that she was 19 and not 15. Okay. Oh, it's terrible. I can't. Could you imagine? Could you, could you actually, could you imagine? Not only was oh she, gosh. the age was by a lot, like her biological age was different, but also like Didi has been telling her that she was mentally slow and behind mm-hmm. and that she was actually mentally only like a nine-year-old or whatever. So now she's, it's a whole other thing. You know, her mental age is not even that either, you know? Yeah. Right. Because that's how she, right. Because that's <sighs> how she's been treated this whole time. So that yeah. is where she stands mentally, essentially. Yeah. And Rad said, you know, when she turned 18, Rad was like, I got to, you know, like he sent a gift and was like, happy 18th birthday and all of these things. And Dee Dee was like, do not tell her that she's 18. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, it's her 18th birthday. Like, it's a huge, it's a milestone. It's a huge birthday. And she's like, she won't mentally be able to comprehend what that means so don't like tease her with it and not only is he psyched because it's a it's a monumental birthday but also like she made it to 18 he thinks that she wasn't even gonna live that long that yeah that is so a poor rod moment like that is a total poor rod moment for sure um so dd's dead Spoiler alert, guys. And um, so we can't diagnose her with anything, but just like Carly said, it sounds like Munchausen's by proxy. And right, she's the caretaker. It's usually with Munchausen's, it's usually a child or an elderly person. And in this case, we've seen Dee Dee, right, do both of those things in her life to get attention, right? 
and money and shelter and food and all the things you told Gypsy, but a lot of attention. So in addition to fabricating all of these illnesses, right? Like Carly said, Gypsy and Dee Dee showed up at a Covington, Louisiana special needs shelter claiming to be victims of Hurricane Katrina who lost everything. And this tragedy on top of all of Gypsy's medical problems got them national attention from charities, um, different individuals who wanted to make private donations. Everybody who saw Gypsy heard her story and found out that they were Katrina victims just rolled out the red carpet um, for Dee Dee and Gypsy. So Habitat for Humanity built them a house in Springfield, Missouri um, with a customized wheelchair ramp that eventually is going to be the fucking scene of the crime. Um, and as if that's not enough, both Dee Dee and Gypsy received countless trips to Disney World. They got a wheelchair accessible Nissan Cube backstage passes to concerts. This is all via Make-A-Wish. They went to the Harry Potter, um, what do you call it? Like Harry Potter World mm-hmm. or whatever um, and had like some sort of VIP access. Which I am so jealous. That's not okay. Um, no, and it's it's really messed <laughs> up. Carly's, you know? Carly's most, pissed about that. The most pissed. messed up thing about it too is that it's like, you. It's again, It's this is like you're taking candy from like sick babies dude i was thinking about that too when before when you were mentioning about her bringing gypsy to the doctors right and the doctors giving the you know procedures or whatever that aren't even necessary but not only that you're doing to gypsy you're taking away the time that those doctors could be actually helping or saving other people exactly that are actually sick yes 100 Yeah. yeah So uh, now we're so, okay. So Gypsy's a teenager. She's trapped. She's living in a fucking prison as far as she's concerned. And what is a better release for people who are trapped and lonely (laughs) than the internet, guys? Exactly. So Katie's going to get into Gypsy's online dating presence definitely for sure so obviously teenager start to get curious Mm -hmm. obviously because that's a normal thing you know it's totally fucking normal normal 100 normal what did she think was going to happen but also exactly like it's like she was like going through her teenage years and she didn't even know that she was really going through them fully you know it's like just so, like you said, just manipulation and abuse on top of abuse and on top of more manipulation on top, on top, whatever. And she's like, so, yeah. she's well past like puberty and like the early right? stages of like when you normally try to figure the stuff out. Like she's mm-hmm. yes. way past. Exactly. You know? So what starts happening is, is that Gypsy starts taking advantage of when her mom falls asleep at night is what starts to happen. So she starts sneaking out. And like Joss said earlier, there gets this point where she starts experimenting more and sort of realizing like that she can do more with her body than she's like ever been told because her mom takes sleeping pills so she's like knocked out and 
it's interesting too because Gypsy actually claims too that she started like this is where she really started testing her physical about like limits and like you know and so she was like started teaching herself how to pull herself out of her chair and so on and so forth and she's like just you know midnight snacking right and then sure enough she starts internet shop like cruising you know and like I mean if you think about it it was probably the first time she was ever on a computer ever really like as far as, or at least, you know, grasping the concept of like what to really, like what you even do. Or at least like on the computer without Dee Dee hovering over her shoulder. Yes, exactly. So she starts meeting a guy, which I didn't get his name for whatever reason. I don't really know why. It's not necessarily important, but it's around 2011. That she meets this yeah, guy. Weirdly, he doesn't want to be identified publicly. Weirdly, oh, because he shocker. was a 30-something talking to a fucking kid. Right. Yeah. So they go to the science where Gypsy meets this guy. She likes him. They start talking online, right? Well, sure enough, Dee Dee finds out about it. And she is not thrilled. Okay? And she, according to Gypsy, she destroys gypsy's laptop she takes it and smashes it totally causes it permanent damage and once they get home according to gypsy Dee Dee restrains her to the bed okay and keeps her there for like hours on end basically okay well not so, only was she talking to him on the computer but she tried to run away with him yes right correct she had told him about the family problems exactly and that she was having these issues with her mom she didn't go full extent but yes Mm -hmm. she gave him a relative idea of her problem and convinced him that they were going to run away together exactly and then mama d finds out okay like she would tell like that guy would be like shitting bricks yeah (laughs) so she proceeds to tell the guy okay yeah speaking of shitting bricks she proceeds to tell the guy she lies to him and tells him that gypsy was a minor because which was an obvious lie because like you said she was around 19 or 20 around this time so it was like just she was 19 i think she obviously lies to the guy the guy is like oh you know gets freaked out and runs away right so poor little gypsy is like back to being trapped in you know in this life and sure enough with some time she decides to test the waters again and try sneaking out she decides she's going to use her mom's computer this time so she gets on her mom's computer and she ends up joining a christian dating site I never do this. How did she come come upon this is what I want to know. Where did the Christian dating site pop up? It was probably like Disney forum or something. And it was was probably the only Yeah. She was looking up. Oh, free one. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. It's because she was researching clouds and sunshine and Disney princesses. Okay. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, ChristianMingle.com. So it's um it's around 2012 when she decides to join this um date this dating website that's a Christian website and this is where she meets Nick Godijan. Nick Portijan, <laughs> as I like to call him. 
I have a couple of those, oh, but re- regardless. So she starts talking to Nick and they begin a relationship online talking that spans the course of three years. Apparently, according to the Springfield Newsletter, it was reported that their text conversations usually centered on love, sex, and their hopes of building a life together. Another news leader article stated that Gypsy had as many as five secret Facebook accounts that she would use to talk to him to go to home. The Rolling Stone also reported that Gypsy and go to John's online relationship had started to like get really uh, exploratory and kinky and they yeah, started dude. yeah like she started doing like some role playing and she would dress up as the Disney princesses but it was like the sexy version right with like lipstick and like eyelashes so they started getting into that and then uh by 2014 gypsy had told a neighbor her friend the girl's name is again with these names Aaliyah woodman c okay okay wood man c yeah woodman she was a habitat for humanity um like all these where these houses are is like a Habitat for Humanity neighborhood. There's a bunch of Habitat for Humanity houses like in the neighborhood. And she yes. was like, Aaliyah was like a little like angel sent from She was above. a good egg. Like yeah. she was, was a good egg. Yeah. She was like a very much an ally to Gypsy when she when she had nobody. A loyal friend for mm-hmm. sure, to say the least. Deaf, most deaf. And yeah, it's that little part breaks my heart because of like their little friendship and just yeah. like everything. It's oh, so heartbreaking. So, okay. Um, so she tells Aaliyah that she's having a relationship with a boy online and that she really, really likes him and that they're getting serious and that they're t- already talking about baby names. She tells Aaliyah. Not great. So, Listen, okay. I need to know the names. I need to know the names. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> telling you what God knows. This whole thing in the names, it kills me. So Aaliyah claimed and told, soon told a reporter, uh, you know, people later that she didn't take it very seriously at the time. Like she knew that um, Gypsy was being, you know, was curious and sort of exploring, but she just didn't think that it was, to that extent, right? She didn't know that it was like real hot and heavy. Like we're, we're talking a couple years now going on. So then in March of 2015, Gypsy and go to John me in person for the first time. So they have like their first official date. Sure, meet cute. Which, yeah, which apparently goes, you know, according to Gypsy, it was, you know, it was nice, I guess. So after that, she, Gypsy decides that she wants her mom to like approve of homeboy, right? She's like, oh, you know, she's got to come around sometime. So she convinces her mom to bring her to this movie of of viewing actually of Cinderella. Um, Gypsy proceeds to dress up like a princess. I will have you know. She mm-hmm. did was she full full costume from head to toe. In the Cinderella costume at the con too at the sign. Yes, con. she like, loved with Cinderella. The Cinderella. Cinderella was like one of her most favorite. Yeah, she feels and she sexiest still, as Cinderella. Yes, right. and right. she still talks to the to it about this day. Like to this day, like you can still tell that she still has an obsession, like with 
Cindy Rally, Cindy Rally, dressed yep. in yelly, dressed in yelly. D, crazy, cray cray mama Dee Dee, okay, obviously does not approve of homeboy John, of homeboy John, <laughs> Porta John, Nick. And she somehow, this part of the story is blows my mind too, and every every different resource, every source. It's like so wild. They somehow still manage to leave Dee Dee, okay, during the filming and they go and they hit it up G in the bathroom, okay? I'm amazed by this. I'm amazed by How? Okay, there had to be some sneaking going on, obviously. But also it made me think about how much did Gypsy like manipulate her mother, you mm-hmm. know? So like, it's like the intern, like the mm-hmm. reversal. Mm-hmm. But then also I'm thinking like, I have so many questions like, okay, was, did she, was that her V card? Like, did he just take her V card in the movie theater bathroom? Oh yeah. I, no, I, I think he did for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I couldn't get a clear. Was it? I couldn't get a clear. Card? if it was her v card or not so i think that i think one of the specials did say that actually i don't like i don't know what disney movie it was where they have sex in a movie theater bathroom but like what like what sort of scenario (laughs) like what would i just it just speaks to the despair and the desperation of like and the and the damage just trying to like get some sort of outside human contact with somebody away from my mother like Mm -hmm. she thinks it's like he's so romantic he's my prince Mm -hmm. charming i love him oh yeah everything's great like oh oh it's so dirty it's so dirty in there puke 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 martini so Nicholas Gota John, born in Wisconsin on May 20th, 1989. He lived in Big Bend with his mother, Stephanie Goldaber, and his stepdad, Charles. So he was Big Bend. Big Bend. <laughs> so his parents, Stephanie and Bobby, had divorced when he was about four. And he felt like from that time forward, he was different from everyone else. The divorce like went and made him go on the wrong path for the rest of his life, apparently. So until he was 15. It was just him and his mom until his stepdad came into the picture. And in the meantime, in grade school, he had already been diagnosed with um, being on the autism spectrum disorder. The, mm-hmm. On the spectrum. On the autism spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. God. I hear you. Technically at the yes, time which... they were calling it Asperger's, but now it's just autism. Spectrum. And Right. Yeah. Because Asperger's is now a form of autism and that right. spectrum is so wide yeah, and yes. like varied. Right. It could mean a whole bunch yeah. of different things. So mm-hmm. um, he had uh, Asperger's at the time or whatever. And he also had a reportedly low average IQ, which some people said it was like 77. Some people said 83. I think the average is like what, like around a hundred for like a, an average person's IQ. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely below. Um, so because of this, he was in special education classes throughout his um, school career, but he would say that he was the smartest in his class. So he just really lacked social skills. That was like his main issue having to deal with, with the autism. Yeah, you can see it. You can yeah. really see that. And especially yeah. in the interrogation, you could really see him struggling to, to just like b- have a conversation with somebody. Right, to express himself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Back and forth. Yeah, it was definitely hard. 
So he had a very lonely childhood. He only had a couple of friends. Um, you know, really he just hung out with his family. Later as a teenager, he would turn to video games and the internet. What a great place. So Thanks to everyone who's joining us on YouTube this I evening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to the internet. Also, the internet is the worst thing that's ever happened. So cool. Because we're here. So while he was on the internet, like Nick really felt like he could be himself. um, And it was able to kind of make more personal connections chatting than like in real life. But really, he was just a recluse. Like he wasn't in school. He wasn't working. He was like 23 years old and not doing anything. He was just in his house with his family on the internet, right? So at this point, at 23 years old, he's already doing great. He has a run-in with the law. Oh, I love this. (laughs) Sorry. I love this. That just kills me. He's just in his home on the computer. (laughs) This detail is fucking amazing. Except for this one day. He got out of the house. (laughs) He went to McDonald's. He brings his laptop with him because it can't be far away. He decides to watch porn in the McDonald's while masturbating for nine dead. hours, reportedly. I'm dead. Okay. He is found masturbating in McDonald's with a folding knife in his pocket. So not only does he get like lewd behavior, he also gets a weapons charge. Okay. Because he just decided to camp out at McDonald's and fondle himself all day. So what do you think? The McDonald's staff is like, okay, it's been an hour. Let's let's just you know he's he's harmless. He's just over there touching himself. Hour two, check the watch again. Uh, oh, we'll tired. just let <laughs> just let he's him go. Fine. I'm down here at McDonald's. Right Jerk around me. hour nine, they called the police. <laughs> this guy may never it. leave. No, my theory is it's like That's a shift. You call. Oh, Jerk and then like okay, the new people came and they're like, no, we're not doing this. You're gone. You're going. You yes, know? yeah. Because like nine hours is a very specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So after all of this, the parents still say later on, like, Nick wouldn't hurt a fly. Like, okay, yes, he's not technically hurting anybody at this time, but like, it's definitely not appropriate, normal behavior. But I do think that he has been not appropriate and abnormal his entire life. So they are very much desensitized to like, oh, he just doesn't know. Like he just doesn't, he just legit, he has a, he has a disorder and he does not know. And so for sure. Yeah. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So he continues on this path with the internet until one fateful day, he joins a Christian dating site. It all goes straight to hell. Yeah. Goes right to hell. So like we said, him and Gypsy, they start hitting up G they're talking about that's sex people okay that's (laughs) sex on straight up evil is hitting it up jay that's a katie mahoney original it is i love it so So, here we go fast forward to mid-june of 2015 right the night has come to do the deed so you know gypsy and nick have been plotting this for a while right Mm-hmm. there they've been talking about it but it's his idea to ask her like okay let's let's really make sure i get this all straight like is she a light sleeper where on the floor plan does the floor squeak so i don't need to step there where do i need to go over here where what room is where 
what, and then, you know, he's deciding what method of death that they're going to do. Like he decides the stabbing is probably the best course of action. So Gypsy tells him um, what time to come over. She leaves the door unlocked. He just strolls right in the house. She gives him a pair of blue gloves, some duct tape and the serrated knife that she got. He then tells her, get your ass to the bathroom or he texts her. I don't know. I read somewhere that he texted it to her. I yeah. don't know why he's not going to just tell her they're right there. Either way, she says, he tells her in one way or another, get your ass to the bathroom. She hides it there naked. Why yeah, that's going to come back. So that, that's going to come back. But why is she naked now though? Like it's going to come back though. It's all part of it. It's no, like, it's all it's literally it's just, she said she ends up saying eventually that this is that's all part of it. Okay. Gross. Yeah, also it just shows mm-hmm. the dynamic. It really of the does. Too, it really does. Now like God. So she's hiding in the bathroom, but she can still hear her mother screaming <laughs> for her as Nick is stabbing her to death. Okay, she's in bed. He is over her, stabbing her in the back several times until she dies. There's blood everywhere, okay? After this, Nick and Gypsy have celebration sex in Gypsy's room while her mother's lifeless body is lying in a pool of blood covered with a blanket. Celebrate! (laughs) So bad, so bad. Oh my god the details of this the brutality of this yeah, is a whole yes, other fucking thing like this is bizarre it is, so it is. i didn't even it is bizarre as hell even so yes right yes, yes. so celebration sex i literally you'll never look at celebration sex the same way again after this episode um so shockingly they don't want to spend the night in the habitat house with gypsy's dead mom so Why not? they're already no you're kidding shocking i'm shocked so gypsy and nick go back to nick's motel room right he's staying in springfield he was he got a hotel when he or he got a motel when he got there and checked himself in with his bags and whatever, and then came to commit the murder that late that night. So they spend the rest of the night after Dee Dee's been murdered in this motel together. The next day is June 14th of 2015, and Gypsy and Nick together take a bus back to Big Bend, Wisconsin. Several people saw them at the Greyhound station, um, and Gypsy was wearing a blonde wig, which... A cab driver described as like a beehive wig, like a 60s beehive wig. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, Um, no. And Gypsy was also walking without assistance. So on the afternoon of June 14th, just just like we were saying, uh, we start to see some disturbing posts on DD and Gypsy's shared Facebook page. The page is called D Gyp. Blanchard. So it's like their shared Facebook, whatever. Um, the first me- message to appear that day is just that bitch is dead. Which several people comment and they're like, okay, did your Facebook get hacked? Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Is everything okay? And they have a fairly big social media presence because like we said, they're constantly getting 
donations, trips, things like that. Yeah. They're like always posting about it. They're known. Exactly. So everyone's like, are you okay? Is it all right? Like, like what's going on? It's the next message that gets the cops involved because this one reads, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. The LOL at the end. The LOL. Just at this time, um, now people are calling DD on the phone and the calls go unanswered. So this is where things really start to heat up. So once the police are contacted to do a welfare check, they go to the door and they knock on the door and nobody answers. And the neighbors are like, duh, we already told you that nobody's answering. No one's answering the phone. No one's whatever. And the police are like, well, we cannot go inside without permission from the homeowner. Right. This is a Chris Watts situation. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we can't go inside until someone gives us permission to go inside. So the police do allow or maybe just look the other way while a neighbor crawls in through the window. And the neighbor basically didn't notice anything except for um, the fact that the house is pretty much undisturbed. So they haven't been robbed. There's no real evidence of things being stolen. And Gypsy's wheelchairs are still in the house now, and the cars in the driveway, which they, which everybody can plainly see from outside the house. So this alarms both neighbors and police because how could Gypsy be gone and the wheelchairs be there? Guys, how could that be? How could that be a thing? Red flag, red flag. They, you know, so the police get a search warrant because at this point it's like, okay, she did not leave there of her own volition because she doesn't have the required support equipment that she needs. So, um, but like for all facts at the moment, they can think it's an abduction. Very absolutely. 100% to think that. So the police get a warrant. They go inside and very quickly they find DD murdered in her bed. Like we said, all of Gypsy's wheelchairs are there. The police found, right, Dee's car's there. Gypsy's meds are there. And the oxygen tank. Oh, did we, I'm sorry. Did I forget to mention that Gypsy was also <laughs> on oxygen? Oh, shocker. Oh, okay. Well, that's still there too. So oh, at about this time. It? Oh, no, I, wow. no, no. So about this time, Aaliyah, who we mentioned already, just kind of pulls the police aside and says, look, she had a boyfriend. Her mother didn't know. I knew. I thought it was harmless. His name is Nicholas Godijan. Yes, Aaliyah. Mm, yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Listen, I don't care who your friends are seeing. I don't care who. I don't care if you approve of them or not. I don't care if they're casually hooking up. Get a first and last name. Okay. Definitely. Just get, Preferably let's just get a, a name. Yeah, drop something. a pin, something. something. Drop a pizzy. <laughs> drop a pizzy. So the law, the, the police decide, okay, let's contact Facebook and find out where the IP address is who posted those Facebook statuses. And that leads them back to Waukesha County, Big Bend, uh, <laughs> where Nick and Gypsy are, quote unquote, hiding out. Okay, so... At this point, 
all is not going well in fucking Big Bend, Wisconsin. Okay. Nick and Gypsy have rolled up on Nick's parents, right? Stephanie and Charles, technically his mom and his stepdad, but the, the parents that he lives with. Um, you know, Nick had habits and behaviors that are outside the norm for other people, but this was on a whole other level. So Stephanie picked up Nick and Gypsy from the bus station when they got in. And Stephanie was basically like trying to make conversation with Gypsy and Quinny's. Have we not all been in this situation where your boyfriend's mom is like, so Jocelyn or so Carly or so Katie and like trying to like kind of size you up a little bit and be like, well, what's your deal? The worst. Totally. Like, yes. what are you doing? No, it is. It's totally the worst. Um, but, and your voice goes up like three octaves and you're like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm you, know. Just, you know, just, you know. <laughs> And you're smiling uh, with a lot. I'm just like, really? Like, I'm a totally like nice person. <laughs> so- <laughs> I volunteer and I bring cookies to whole people. And I- <laughs> the voice, the fucking voice. I mean, you, you, mean you, mean you. So oh, God. that's what's happening. And also I can't, I can't even imagine what the mom is making of the wig, by the way. So I just need to know like, how well is gypsy pulling that off? Like no, I'm going to say not well, not great. I'm going to say not well. Not so, um, Nick had already told his mom that gypsy had been kicked out of her house by her mother mm-hmm. and that gypsy was living in a homeless shelter. And that's why she was coming to live with them. Um, And according to Stephanie, like Nick and Gypsy both just acted like everything was fine, like completely normal, like nothing, really nothing to report. Like she didn't even think anything of it. So on June 15th, 2015 at 245 in the morning, a tactical armed team with assault weapons and a canine unit, the dogs swarm the go to John home. Quinnies, can you even imagine can you even imagine the scenario you're sleeping in your home in your bed and the fuck you are awoken by the fucking SWAT team telling you to get on the ground and fucking no I gotta tell you I'm the lightest sleeper and like I all up because the baby like I go to bed earlier than Michael does a lot of the time and sometimes like he'll come in the room and he's not being very loud, but just like the act of opening the door and I wake up in like a fright, <sighs> like a shock, like, a, <gasps> you know what I mean? And I'm like, yep. my heart is racing. Like imagine like the lights of the SWAT team and all the banging and the, and the dogs like, oh my Unbelievable. God. And then they just take your son and the girl away. Like... The son who so, so that's what they do, right? So they take Nick and Gypsy into custody under charges of uh, felony murder and felony armed criminal action. So they're hauled the fuck in and separated. Um, so Nick is interrogated and Gypsy is interrogated in tandem, right? So they're basically down the hall from each other. Okay. So you can watch both of these interrogations on YouTube. I do not recommend it. It's, it's super freaking sad. Mm-hmm. Both of them are super freaking sad. Uh, it's yeah, very rough. The least. 
it's rough to watch gypsies, especially it's, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. She, she, yeah. It's a heartbreaker. Um, but we learn a lot from Nick's interrogation. So number one, they are Nick admits to being very into BDSM, um, which is totally fine by us with two consenting adults, do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do with the bedroom <laughs> door closed. We're totally fine with that, but they would often role play and gypsy would play different characters to satisfy Nick's quote unquote, different personalities that he said that he had. So she had one called Kitty that was basically like a little girl and one was called Ruby who was who was also evil herself. This this part of the story is like what as if the shit could not possibly take another, another twist. twist. It, it was it really... like oh now we're going to give you the extent of Gypsy's entire yeah, it's, it's like wild. And all of her different, quick. all the different names of all the yeah. different. There's Candy, oh the slutty one. And Candy, to listen yes. To her, and to listen to her talk about them, it's like, it's fucking disturbing, girls. Yeah, it it's disturbing. Really is. Taking pictures of the knives on her tongue. Yeah, le- this is where oh we get the God. infamous picture of her licking a knife. Like, I can't, I can't. Um, And the list goes on for those personalities. We, like the, what a, the the personas that gypsy made to match nick's personalities there's just it's vast um he articulates that he believed that his many personalities were capable of doing evil things but nick himself was not capable of doing those things this is what he tells the the police officer the interviewing detective several times asked nick if he had sex with dd's corpse And she's like, did you have sex with Didi? Did you put your penis on Didi? Did you touch Didi? Did you sexually, any type of sexual contact whatsoever? And he's like, no, 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 no. Like very adamant, very bland, just bland, very blandly explaining. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, I always got the heebie-jeebies every single time she asks him to. My God, she asked him so many times. Because Gypsy had already told the detectives that part of this whole thing was a rape fantasy. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to rape her mom. He said, I will will kill your mother for you, but I'm going to do it my way, is how Gypsy puts it. So I'm going to rape your mother. And Gypsy makes a deal with him and says, you can rape me instead. And when Gypsy was brought in, she was obviously photographed and she has several bite marks and bruises on her neck and wrists. There's evidence of a, of some sort of rough sexual play Mm -hmm. that went on around this whole event. But that's why she answers the door naked, Carly, Mm -hmm. because it's like a whole pageantry thing right. of gotcha. it's re- yeah it's really right and originally she says that he so originally she claimed that he raped her and right. then later she comes through in the trial and actually ends up saying that you know that it was not fully rape like mm-hmm. that it was like you know that it was some as he said in the interrogation it was somewhat Con- um, consensual, consensual. right yes. 
I have to shout out that interrogator though, because she reminds me so much of the interrogator in Chris Watts' interrogation. Yo, she's yes. a bad bitch. Like Yo, so, like okay, so no, right here and then what? Like just get it out the story. Like nothing yep. is phasing her. Just like tell the story. It's so great, dude. Yeah, I feel like you can always tell in the first couple of minutes too. Like if they're gonna fucking nail it or fucking bomb it. Mm-hmm. And she just immediately, like, she fucking just is in the gold. Like, she literally is she like, really is. Yeah. oh, she like is like, oh, did you have something to eat? Like, and then gets him talking about ham sandwiches and shit. And he's <laughs> like, I had ham sandwiches with mayonnaise. And she's like, wow. And I'm just like, damn, I knew in the first five minutes, I was like, this bitch mm-hmm. is going to get it out of him. And yeah. So they, we also learned in the interrogation that the knife that Nick used to kill Dee Dee was fucking mailed via USPS to Nick's parents' house in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, so they thought hilarious. they thought that the murder weapon would be would safely arrive in Wisconsin, which it did. Um, but that it but wouldn't be tracked, I guess. They they thought it would be a good way to like basically get it away from the crime scene. And not, not have it, not have it like physically be able to be tested basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like the bloody blue gloves are there. Mm-hmm. And the His clothes. name and address. The bloody, her name and, and the address. bloody clothes. Yep. Yep. And what? the bloody clothes. It's like evidence she's strewn all over the freaking place. I mean. Just like um, Katie said, Gypsy paid for the hotel that or the motel rather that Nick stayed in in Springfield. She paid for that with uh, money that her and Dee Dee were saving to go to uh, some sort of Disney event. And so that that's basically that that provides a lot of motive in the subsequent trial, the pile of money that they took. I think it was like, I want to say it was like six thousand dollars. Yeah, I thought it was like five or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There. Um, so not not a whole lot, but enough to to make a break for it. Um, Nick admits to killing Dee Dee, but saying, you know, I never would have done this if Gypsy didn't ask me to. Yeah. You know, I I never I was blindly in love with her and I would do anything to free her from the prison that her mom had created for her. And I would have done anything for her and I never would have done this if she didn't ask me to, which that's all fine and good. And she was holding her daughter hostage, but that doesn't mean that you can fucking murder someone, dude. Murder. Nope. This is the same conversation we had about our very first episode ever. The lot, one of the longest discussions we ever had about like it's what constant what does and does not constitute a murdering someone mm-hmm. like especially your parents yo yeah jeez like so Dee, Dee was murdered by nick but nick fully admits yes i killed her gypsy told me exactly how to do it gypsy aided and abetted the crime by leaving the door open for me giving me the knife the duct tape the gloves everything she was completely complicit in all of this yeah. and gypsy is down the hall. And again, all of this is on YouTube. If you would like to watch it, I don't recommend oh, it. Most of the no. time, you know, we watch interrogations for the show, but most of the time, just don't watch them in their entirety because they either break your heart or just make you so mad. So mad. <laughs> um, Living pissed. So Nick 
has, you know, has given his statement and Gypsy's given her statement at the same time and they don't know what each other's saying. So initially Gypsy denies having anything to do with her mother's murder. Mm -hmm. And when the interrogator is like, right, so your mother's dead and she has this huge emotional reaction. reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some For people sure. say that that's manufactured. Some people say that it's real, kind of depending on what you read. Mm -hmm. um, soon after she confessed, you know, she didn't last very long no. lying. No. Um, because once they basically just said, you know, we know. And it's, you know, when you're ready to tell us, you can tell us. We know you don't need a wheelchair. We know that like all of these things. Um and it comes out that it was actually Gypsy who posted those things on Facebook, um, mm -hmm. which is shocking to I say know. the least. Mm -hmm. but, Very much um, so. She was basically stating that she couldn't bear the thought of her mom's body just decomposing there and no one finding her. So she thought, and she was right, that it would yeah. prompt people to find her. And I think that's probably a true statement by her. Uh, like, I, I think that that's probably a true feeling that she mm -hmm. felt, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so obviously this all comes out. <laughs> and, you know, people have been following on the news, like, you know, Gypsy was missing and her mother was found murdered and she was likely abducted and all of these things. And it comes out, you know, um, she's all involved <laughs> and yeah, this is a giant fucking fraud scheme that's been going on for years. And she's been convincing people she's ill when she's not. And it's just, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, so both of them now have, admitted to their participation in the crime so they have already been charged so they are being held um in july of 2015 gypsy pled guilty to her participation in the crime she took a plea deal which is probably pretty smart in her case mm -hmm. she was convicted of second degree murder through the plea agreement and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison um so we can kind of surmise that the abuse from her mother was taken into consideration with respect to her sentencing because fucking 10 years is not a lot of time no i was actually really shocked by that mm -hmm. um i and... think that people sympathize i think that people mm -hmm. empathized and sympathized with her mm -hmm. i totally agree um you know She's kind of missing out on her 20s, which I put in my notes here. Like I, my 20s were a fucking mess. So same, she can, same. she can like take a, I don't know. She can just, she can like from experience, I now know how much better my 30s are. And I'm Definitely. like, girl, when you get out, just wait for your 30s. Cause it's going to be real good. Yeah. And um, she's up for parole when she's 32. So right. 20, 24. Three, I think. Yeah. So Nick pled not guilty, even though he confessed, um, he got the more severe charge, obviously of first degree murder because of his admitting that he premeditated his, the entire crime. Yeah. And his trial was like really drawn out. Like his trial took a much so, longer time. They, because he's autistic, right. Diagnosed autistic and he had, 
his attorneys kept trying to prove that he had diminished capacity. Right. So like he had a low IQ, right. Carly said some places say 77, I read 82. Another thing says 83, like Mm -hmm. all over the place, but there's a reason why they're all different because he was tested so many times Mm -hmm. because they kept saying, you know, he has a diminished mental capacity. We have to, he has to be evaluated and all these things. They push and they push and they push. Um, He eventually like he asked for a bench trial and then changed his mind and went to a jury trial, like all over the map like he's probably taking the advice of his attorneys but still. that's what i was just gonna say probably took the advice of seven different fucking people yeah. and like yeah yeah too many cooks definitely mm-hmm. so uh, after all that he goes to trial <laughs> and upon the start of the trial this is in um november of 2018 the prosecution lays out, right, Nick planned the crime for over a year, premeditated this whole thing. They try to show the sexual motive and they introduce all the text between Gypsy and Nick and like, oh, yeah, it's. Uh, I it's was like, funny. this is amazing. OK, because she has been sheltered from all of these things. And this is fucking straight up X-rated. The coming out okay? of her. Yeah, like it's she's like, literally only she- watched Disney shows for her Yo. whole 20 See, years of life and all of a sudden no i'm good. telling you she learned some shit on that motherfucking laptop bitches i'm telling you if they have the if they could have just looked at the history of the laptop i'm telling you i think she probably i think she looked shit up oh yeah had to. oh yeah. had to absolutely had to no i was like i am not a prude and i am reading this going reading these trial transcripts like oh my god oh <laughs> yeah. my god oh my god yeah they, you know, they use the interrogation video being like, he confessed already. So here's that. Um, so the trial was only four days long, only took the jury a little over two hours to convict him, uh, you know, guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. In February of 2019, he was sentenced to 25 to life. A lot of people were outraged by this, outraged mm-hmm. by this, because he's going to spend his life in prison mm-hmm. and Gypsy gets 10 years. Um, which is very, you know, that's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, I checked out the Nicholas Godijan Freedom Project. It's on change.org. You can sign a petition to reduce his sentence. There's currently um, almost 7,000 signatures on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't think that his sentence needs to get reduced as much as hers should have been the same like mm. or more mm. i don't know maybe not more okay because yes she didn't perform the actual act right but yeah there's well, so many cases the where they like it's kind of like she was like held hostage essentially so mm-hmm. like any a hostage is going to do whatever they can do to escape right yeah but like damn it's her mom it's her own mother like JC Dugard didn't even like kill the guy, you know, kept her for 18 years. I mean, granted, yeah. the two totally different stories, but still. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, that's I fascinating think... how JC did not went completely the opposite other way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's where I'm a little indifferent about it. And this is where my like fascination with psychology and sociology really come into play all the time constantly is because I do think that there is, are some people who are so fucking severely damaged from childhood traumas, abuse, whatever, that 
it doesn't excuse murdering, but it explains it. It almost in a, in a sense that it doesn't, it's not that it makes it okay, but you mm. can, you can easy, easier uh, justify it, if you will, um, due to these severe levels of, of trauma and abuse. Yeah. yeah. You know? Totally. So we want to get into the aftermath yeah. of the crime. So like we said, the community was shook that <laughs> this was not, you know, the Didi and the gypsy that they knew, you know, completely 180, all lies, just wild, right? So the community is like, really? And Didi's family, they're like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh okay they're like literally just like kind of okay with it they are super okay like with they're it. okay with it they didn't pay for the funeral like gypsy's calling them like do you want i'm gonna do like a mass and they're like okay no okay also that, that i'm sorry oh. that's fucking weird too like i'm it gonna just weird. plot to yeah. kill my mom and yeah. then i'm gonna try to make family arrangements uh funeral arrangements yeah. for family members that's Oh, the level of like sickness in this it's is a whole twist. It's like there's so many layers of like complicated. <sighs> Makes me feel dirty. Like I need to go take a bath. Okay. Well, speaking like... of dirty, okay. <laughs> they get DD cremated and no one wants her ashes. Okay. Nobody wants them. So they finally just say flush her down the toilet. Seriously? Yes. They legit. What? Her father, her mother, like the sister. Okay, how did I father, miss that part? Like, how did I miss like, that part? Just put it on the toilet. Okay. So Dee Dee literally was flushed? Mm-hmm. She was flushed. Quinny's. I, that is literally the one and only fact I did not know. Like, I can't even. Wow. She flushed on the toilet. Gypsy's in prison for 10 years. Nick is rotting in prison. Gypsy breaks up with him. They are not together anymore. <laughs> he is upset. He says, yeah. I feel as if she's betrayed me. I feel as if she's abandoned me because she did. Yeah. He's butthurt. Yeah, he's butthurt about it. Gypsy said um, it was only after her mom's death that she like really realized the extent of Dee Dee's deception to herself and to everyone else. She had, like we said, she had known she could walk and eat regular food, but she had thought she had leukemia. Like she definitely mm-hmm. thought she was like pretty ill. So this guy, Mark Feldman, he had studied um, Munchausen by proxy for like 25 or plus years. He said that Munchausen by proxy survivors can struggle to differentiate what is real and what isn't. And they tend to like avoid going to doctors because they don't trust them. They can have like PTSD. So like, mm. obviously Gypsy is going to, you know, be having the effects of this for years to come. Mm-hmm. Like, how, like her physical health is she's doing really well. Like she's, she's gained weight. She's eating. She's obviously, she can walk. Like she's doing great with her physical health, but like her mental health is always going to be fucked. Know, yeah. Basically, you know? And yeah, it's um, the transformation physically is wild yes, it's, to yeah. see what she went to see what she went from. Exactly. Um, she does say she enjoys more freedom in prison than in her life with Didi, which is really sad. And but doesn't surprise me. Also in the no, same vein, not at all. And then like with an interview with good old Doctor Phil, our mom's watching. <laughs> she said, 
Shout out glad, to mom. Shout out to mom. I'm glad out. I'm glad that I'm out of that situation, but I'm not glad that she's dead. Right. So like, that's really, that sums it all up. It, it really you know? does. It really does. 100%. She has to live with that every single day. She has yeah. to live with that. Um, you know, plenty of TV and media about Gypsy. The, the act is great. I it's thought it was so fantastic. Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Oh God. Kills it. What a legend. But so does the girl that plays um her. Yes, yes Joey King. What's her name? She's excellent too. She what a breakout really star. Yeah, she's excellent. Really excellent. Um For also sure. uh, Juliette Lewis plays Nick's mom. Uh, and of course she's brilliant because she is just, a, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think of Casey Anthony and okay. her, mm-hmm. her friend, Juliette Lewis. Um, yep. so, uh, you know, HBO documentary, mommy dead and dearest, very, very, very good. That's kind of the OG that was directed by Aaron Lee Carr that came out in 2017, basically right on the heels of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching it and being like, whoa. Whoa. This is the craziest yeah. story yeah. I've heard in a long time. Seriously. Um, you know, just like Carly said, Surviving Family and Gypsy has been interviewed by Dr. Phil, Good Morning America, 2020, ABC, CBS, ID Channel, Lifetime. Everybody is talking about Gypsy in the media. Um, there's plenty of places to learn more about this case. Um, like we said, Gypsy got 10 years. She uh, has a big movement behind her to get her out of jail prior to that, to reduce the size of her sentence. She has to serve eight and a half years of her 10 year sentence, right? Like she absolutely has to. She's not eligible for parole until 2024. But as of 2019, uh, almost uh, 134,000 people have signed the petition to get her out of jail uh, to have the governor grant her clemency, basically. So she has a parole hearing in December of this year and governors typically grant clemency at the end of their term. So for the current Missouri governor, that would be in 2022. So it would be shocking, but this case is pretty fucking shocking. Mm -hmm. So you can't discount anything. Um, What's Gypsy doing now? Do we we know? Do we want to know? Oh, let me tell you. Gypsy has since gotten engaged to a man that she met via a pen pal prisoner program. I can't. I I literally. These exist. Oh, these exist. They're real. I know. It's really. I can't. Vinny no. knows. The oh, Vinny, this is uh, this is oh, how this is God. why this is how Vinny wrote to Eric. This is exactly free the, how. Free the Menendez brothers. No, Actually, just for, no, no, just for no, Eric. no, just for Eric. No, no. Um, no, fuck, fuck Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> so she, oh, Gypsy, is engaged, and she is hopeful that when she gets out, she can start a new life. And I'm going, Gypsy. Honey. Okay. Have you not tried this one time before where you think that you're just going to place all of your hopes and dreams in this outside influence? And just, I I just, this story has so much tragedy. The ripples Mm -hmm. of it are absolutely bananas. How many people it's affected? Like, 
let's just, I think maybe let's just work on some self-care once we get out of prison. Let's just, <laughs> let's, let's just, let's just look inward and just develop ourselves. Go back to if, like, if you're listening, like just, you don't need, there is no man out there who can solve that. Like, like truly the issue, like only you can do that. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just, I don't know. Nick kind of solved her issue, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Oh my God. He solved it like 36 times. <laughs> well, literally. <laughs> wow. Oh. The other life lesson in this too is uh, don't shelter your fucking children. How about that? Yeah. Like, it's really the hard. The world Benny. is an ugly place. Listen, and I, I'm not a parent, so I can't, I can't be you know, like tell other people how to parent, but from us doing crime all the time and seeing this kind of shit occur all the time, it's like, look at the result of what happens when you don't let your child or someone that you're raising or anything, quite frankly, see that there's ugly in the world too. Because if you don't, it's gonna, it's gonna royally screw some shit up quite. Yeah. It's, it's gonna come out. No Mm -hmm. matter what. Mm -hmm. My core issue is the family and the doctors, right? Okay. Except for Dr. Flasterstein. Yeah. Everybody knew. (laughs) Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Okay. Yes. So the community didn't know. The Habitat for Humanity didn't know. The neighbors didn't necessarily know. Fine. Okay. They only knew what they, what they saw on the outside. Okay. Dee Dee's family knew from the get that first of all, she probably offed her mom. Then she was trying to offer stepmom. Okay. And now Gypsy's all really sick. Like you knew something and you did nothing. You did nothing for your granddaughter slash niece slash whoever Gypsy was to you. Okay. You did nothing. Technically you did nothing for Dee Dee either. Cause even though she was terrible and she stole from her family all the time, technically she was dealing with a mental health issue. No one did Definitely, anything. Definitely, 100%. Right. So what, nobody exactly. is saying anything exactly. about it. And, and so granted. why couldn't she make, right, exactly that, because she could have had an opportunity to have help herself and this never right. would have occurred. And granted, like I said, with like when I research into Munchausen by proxy, it's very hard to diagnose and it's very mm-hmm. hard to treat. Like treatment is like really difficult. I was like reading and they're like very little, like very often it doesn't work very well. You really have to try at it. Yeah. Cause they don't know enough just, about it. It's just, just behavioral treatment. Yeah. Like you can't really, you can't treat it chemically. First of all, you know what I mean? Like you have to deal with the trauma that's causing the thing to begin with. It's just a whole mess, but like they knew something was up regardless of what they knew exactly what it was, they knew something was up and they did nothing. Okay. And then the I think Dr. she Pastor was an intimidating scene, woman. She was, and I know she manipulated really well, but like but the doctors still, did yeah. all the surgeries. There's no way that you told me that Dee, Dee gave her all the medication that required all these different surgeries to happen. Like the doctors, the tests were negative. So what does that tell you? Yeah. And the Dr. Flasterstein, like, yes, he saw it, but he still didn't call. He still yeah. listened to his colleagues and they said, oh, they won't believe you. Don't bother. Yeah. Still I mean, and how it. many times still have call. we seen, how many times have we seen doctors really loathe to point the finger at another doctor? Because mm-hmm. again, like it's a whole, becomes a whole larger issue. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you're right, Carly. They completely, they abandoned this girl. Mm-hmm. They really Everyone did. failed. For they sure. Did. They did. And it makes me so angry. I'm sure there's some guilt that comes along with that for sure too. But did you see the wedding photo? 
Rod and Dee Dee's wedding photo? Oh, yeah. I encourage, okay, Benny, you saw it. I encourage you to Google Rod and Dee Dee's wedding photo and look into the eyes of Dee Dee Blanchard and Mm -hmm. tell me that you are not fucking scared. Yeah, she looks evil. Yeah, she looks evil as hell. That is a scary ass picture. And And listen, she is a murder victim, okay? And she did not deserve to be murdered, regardless of anything that she did. She is a murder victim and she did not deserve to be murdered. But like there, just like we're saying, there was clearly a problem Mm -hmm. and it was unfucking checked. Being ignored. Right. 100%. For years, for sure. Yes. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, and Gypsy wasn't even born at that time. No, like, you know, that, that was yeah, before. that too, Carly, of oh. her just being like writing bad checks and being abusive knowing to the that mother. they're putting weed killer in the food. Like, right. she was like what are we doing? Her mother. Yeah. And so uh, exactly like it's like, yeah, there's some other stuff going on there. Something ain't clean. In ain't milk. clean. So Dee Dee killed her mother. And then Gypsy killed Dee Dee. Gypsy's lived her life deceiving people, whether it was by choice or whatever, whatever you choose to believe about her. So I'm legitimately worried about her being released. I am. I I think she has she has a very yeah, especially high likelihood of doing some shit again. Something. Since she's the one that wrote those fucking Facebook posts, girls. I thought yeah. that it was him originally. And when I found that out, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's a turn in the motherfucking case. Because yeah. that, the whole uh, whatever raped her while she's dead, laugh out loud shit, that's on another, that's some serial killer type shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. she's that's dangerous in one way or another. Like, yes. That's a great, yes, she is dangerous. In, in mm-hmm. whether she even knows it or not or not and i'm concerned yeah. that now that all of it's happened and she gets out she's not going to get the rehabilitation right. that she actually needs because right. again it's just getting like oh uh, like because of all of the negative things that we have said about dd and the things that she's done people sort of assume this reminds me of Henry Lee Lucas. He killed his mother, was the first person he ever killed. And he insists that he did it accidentally. And like in the only way that a serial killer can accidentally murder their mother. But like the, like the first person that he ever killed was his mom. And he went away for it and he got out you know, pretty quickly. I believe he got second degree murder. And I think he only did like 10 or 15 years. But when he got out, his family was very much like, it's all right, Henry, because nobody liked her. Because she was a because she was a difficult woman, because she Mm -hmm. like all of these things, she was mean and mean spirited and uh, like everyone just kind of was like, yeah, it's all right, Henry. And like, really just exactly let him exist again. Exactly. Because meanwhile, right. Exactly. He gets his first. Meanwhile, he gets his first fucking killing and gets his first high. And he's like, oh, shit, that was amazing. Yeah. Adrenaline. Yeah. Let's fucking kill everyone <laughs> right now you know that's yes. how i see that's how i see um dd too though it's like she was like torturing her own mother right so it's like she was getting the satisfaction and the high off of causing that woman harm and suffrage mm-hmm. while also feeling this 
sick desire that she had to care for her and that she was caring for her. So it's like torturing people, basically. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Oh, man. Just rough. What a story, Queenie. Wow. Really rough. Yeah. So that's Gypsy Rose Blanchard, soon to be your next door neighbor, Gypsy Rose <laughs> Blanchard. She will be out. She will be out. Don't make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. Be shocking if she gets out in December, but she will be out and walking around and getting walking married. around, grabbing oh. a you know what, lipping a you know loop. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, Binnies. Love you. Love you, Love Queenies. You, Queenies. Bye. Bye.